So today, as we open uh, the story of God in the midst of God's people, we find Paul writing to Timothy. And what we hear is one generation passing the torch to the next, one finishing a time of ministry and giving it to the next generation, the charge. So Paul writes, in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. But you, keep your head in all situations. Endure hardships. Do the work of the evangelist. Discharge all the duties of your ministry. Paul, finishing his race, having run the race, having kept the faith, is handing it over to Timothy. And I love that about our faith. I mean, our church here has been here for over 200 years. It has passed the faith from frontier people, pioneers, to settlers and farmers to those that came next. It has gone through pandemics before. It has handed the faith in the midst of depression and world wars. It has seen the people here in Chippewa through generation after generation. Paul says, in the presence of God and Christ Jesus, who will come to judge the living and the dead, and because of his appearing and his kingdom, his appearing and his kingdom. And it would be so easy for us to think, well, that's, that's a history lesson. No, Christ appearing is the same today as it was a generation ago. Christ appearing and, and Christ's kingdom is the same today as it was for Paul and Timothy it is ever growing and ever unfolding in the lives of those who claim Jesus Christ, those who follow, those who step out in faith. And then he gives the charge to Timothy preach the word, be prepared in season and non season, in season and out of season. I don't think I've ever understood what that means. Is there a season for preaching? Is, is there a season for following God? Does he mean like Sunday morning versus, you know, Tuesday afternoon at work? What does he mean in season and out of season? 
I don't think I've ever understood it until 2020. 2020, right? It's a lot. But we here try to be prepared in season, out of season, whether the church is open fully or not open fully, whether we're trying to record something, whether we're live streaming, whether we're in the parking lot, whether we're gathering back with with pews and chairs, social distance, no matter what, we are trying to be prepared to preach the word in season and out of season so that this flame, this flame of God and Christ Jesus will never ever go out. And it's been amazing to see what's going on. What's going on on the internet as we send worship out through worship and through children's ministry and through so many other things through our youth group. Gathering, not in person, but virtually. All these new words we're learning. In season and out of season. Preach the word. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. And then Paul gives a warning, a warning about itching ears. I love that. You think, that's not, that's not really Bible words, is it? Itching ears? What does that mean? You know what it was like when you were little? You know, if your hand's itchy, you're going to get money. If your nose is itchy, you're going to get in a fight. If your ears itchy, somebody is talking about you. That's what I was taught anyway growing up in Pittsburgh where we're pretty superstitious. For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, They will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. Woo! That's where we live, isn't it? That's where we live, I believe, maybe more in this time than any other time. For we are so fragmented and so divided. We are so surrounded by what we want to hear, the echo chamber that each one of us lives in. You know what I'm talking about. You have your news station. I have my news station. She has her news station, that that we listen to that edifies us even when we click something on our phone or on our computer. There are algorithms or logarithms, I don't know which one it is, my girls are always trying to teach me, that are already acting on what we will see next, echoing what our choices are so that it will come back to us. It is something We become so fractured because we're only hearing that which we want to hear. All around us, from morning to night, we do it without even thinking. It encourages us. It lifts us up. It helps us make it 
through the day, but it divides and fractures us. Paul says there will come a time when people will not put up with sound doctrine, that they will turn away from truth and they will gather teachers, voices around them that say what their itching ears want to hear. And think about it. We're human, aren't we? You know, when someone says, boy, you're looking good. Hey, we, we feel good. When, you know, someone says, have you gained weight? Then we say, well, I, I wondered why my uh, pants didn't fit this morning. We humans want to hear what we want to hear. And when we hear it, we are lifted up. We are fulfilled. So what do we do? What do we do in the midst of that? It's so, so hard. I even put on my, my devices a, a news app that, that's supposed to give you all of the spectrum, conservative and progressive, all different ones. And you can even click on different issues and it'll show you everything about that issue. But then I find myself looking at something and saying, where's that from? Oh, no, that's, that's not for me. And then going to the next one. Because it is so, so insidious to hear what we want to hear, to be fed and encouraged in our own sense of importance. So what do we do? I don't know. I, maybe we watch the other news station for five minutes. I know, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, that's going to make me mad. Well, maybe you're, you're already yelling at the TV anyway because... You know, we do get mad at the television. Someone told me recently that they remembered their parents, that their dad would get so mad and he'd be screaming at the television. And their, his mother kept a, a squirt bottle and would squirt his dad whenever he was yelling at the TV. I'm like, okay, I've heard about that for cats, but I've never heard about it for uh, husbands. Maybe it'll work. You can, you can give it a try. You know, maybe we just flip from our news station and watch, watch the, the other one the evil one, for five minutes just to see what it's like. Maybe we look at that news feed that we think, that's, that's, that's not right. I'm not going to agree with that. Maybe we look at things on Facebook without snoozing people, uh, even though we disagree with them. Maybe we widen our horizons Maybe we try to get our ears to stop itching so much. Maybe we try to stretch ourselves a little bit. Even in our denomination, we have itching ears, and one side wants to hear what they want to hear, and the other side wants to hear what they want to hear. Fortunately, we have had this pandemic that has delayed uh, what's going to happen to the United Methodist Church splitting or not splitting. This is the time we live in. It's so divided. And it's going to get worse between now and November. Just this morning, I saw the first countdown to the election right down there in the, in the bottom of the screen. I couldn't believe it. 92 days, so many hours and so many minutes. I'm like, Lordy, I'm not going to make it. This is where we live 
so divided and fractured, people listening only to what they want to hear and, and assuming they have all of the truth. So what do we do in this? Well, Paul, after he gives that warning to Timothy, says to him, keep your head, keep your head in all situations, endure hardships, and do the work, do the work of the evangelist. Do the work of the evangelist, to which we usually say, well, I'm not, I'm not evangelist. I've, I've been to, you know, revivals, I've seen them, but that's not me. Do the work of the evangelist. All of us, not just special people, but all of us need to do the work of the evangelist today. What does that mean? What does that look like? How do we do the work of evangelists in this fractured and divided time? How do we maybe just post scripture on Facebook? Just simply scripture. Maybe we just talk about Jesus but we have to be careful. We have to be careful in this time because sometimes because of all of these itching ears, because of everything we, we hear and we surround ourselves with and insulate ourselves with, we can actually have a Jesus that's draped in a coat of our creation. We have to have Jesus as Jesus presented himself, and Jesus as Jesus appears to us, in Jesus' kingdom. I, in my ministry, have served in some of the most progressive places and some of the most conservative places, and I have found two things, two things in both places. First, Jesus, and Jesus' offer of salvation and love. Sometimes Jesus' offer of salvation to save us from ourselves. And in both places, people that the world labels as liberal or progressive and people that the world labels as conservative, I have found people desiring to have a relationship with Jesus and to follow, follow Jesus. To do the work of the evangelist is to simply offer Jesus. And we offer Jesus who, through ourselves, through who we are, and we are imperfect. We're not a perfect reflection. We, we have bents and, and wishes and, and wills, and we like this more than that, and we think Jesus should do this rather than Jesus should do that. But that's okay. We simply have to offer Jesus to find a way to lift up the scripture. We're going to need it between now and the election and even afterwards. People are going to need to know that Jesus loves them, where it's going to get so intense between the pandemic and, and the election and, and now a tropical storm, and we don't even know what else 2020 will bring. People will need to see the simple message of Jesus. We'll need to hear your your story of you and Jesus. To do the work of the evangelist, I believe the most important thing we can do is to know our story. 
the difference Jesus has made in our life, why we come to church, why we want to hear the words of Jesus. And we need to do that in a simple way. Can you tell your story? If you would shut off the the TV or the computer right now, could you turn to the person next to you and tell them in just a minute or two or three the difference Jesus has made in your life? Because that's your story. There's nothing more powerful than your story. Because people can't say, oh, well, that's not my theology. Oh, well, that's not my understanding of Jesus. It doesn't matter because that's Jesus appearing to you. That's Jesus' kingdom working in you. It is your story. It is alive. It is personal. It is the difference Jesus has made in your life. No one can take it away from you, and there is nothing more powerful in this world to share with another person than the difference Jesus makes in your life. It may be from a long time ago. It may be from yesterday. What has Jesus done in your life? We need to do the work of the evangelist, and we need to start now, and we need to never let up because our world, our world today, our neighborhood, our nation needs it. Jesus is counting on us We are the ones that the torch is being passed to today. We are the ones that are to do all the duties to preach the word, to do the work of the evangelist. We are the ones that Jesus is waiting on this afternoon and tomorrow. Let us pray. Oh God, equip us and empower us. Give us the grace and the leading of your Holy Spirit. Fill us, O God, with your power so that we might do the work of the evangelist, so that we might speak about you in the world today, so that we might in some small way show the world that you love them, that your grace comes and your offer of salvation is as true today as it was 2,000 years ago. Empower us, encourage us, and give us your strength in the presence of God and in Christ Jesus who will come to judge the living and the dead because of his appearing and because of his kingdom. Amen.